Welcome to this video podcast from School of Surgery about anal fissure. During this podcast we're going to describe how fissures present, review the anatomy of fissure disease with the aid of a video diagram, discuss the medical and surgical interventions for these patients, and discuss the complications of surgical intervention. Visitors at Podomatic. Uh, welcome to the video podcast about anal fissure. Um, this uh, podcast is aimed mainly at medical students although it may be useful for newly qualified doctors or um, surgical trainees taking their MRCS. Um, what we're going to talk about today is, um, fish, is fissure in ANO um, and uh, more information is available at www.learncolorectalsurgery.com Surgery, all one word. So what is a fissure? A fissure is a split in the anal canal. Um, it's a, a common condition and um, causes a great deal of stress to those people who suffer from it. Uh, when uh, the classical symptom is pain on defecation with a small amount of fresh rectal bleeding. The pain is quite severe and patients often describe it as like passing broken glass. It's quite debilitating, it occurs in young to middle aged adults and tends to keep them from social activities and also uh, off work from time to time. It could be quite an uncomfortable uh, thing to have. There are two kinds of fissure. Uh, acute fissures which um, come and go in a few days but can be quite sore and the best treatment for these is to um, have plenty of fibre and fluid to pass a soft and bulky stool without straining and these will settle down by themselves. The other kind of fissure is uh, chronic anal fissure and some of the acute fissures don't settle down by themselves and patients can have uh, persistent symptoms which wax and wane but are always always there uh, for um, weeks, months and sometimes even years. In a minute I'll explain how fissures are caused uh, with uh, the help of a diagram and uh, we'll talk about treatments at that time. Most fissures uh, just occur by themselves with no other underlying cause but there are some other diseases that can cause fissure. It uh, can uh, be present in Crohn's disease and also other less common diseases such as sarcoid syphilis, uh, TB and uh, some other conditions. It's uh, a not uncommon complication of pregnancy and it's probably the second commonest complication uh, in the postnatal period, period after hemorrhoids. Okay, so to understand anal fissure it's necessary to understand the anatomy of the anal canal. Um, firstly what, what causes it in uh, most cases, for many years it was thought that um, patients were constipated and passed a hard stool bolus which split the anal canal which caused pain which made them avoid going to the toilet they got anal spasm and got more constipation so a vicious cycle built up. However when patients are asked if they had constipation at the start of the symptoms only about a quarter so they did and a lot of patients had diarrhea and there was um, obviously something else going on. Now recently uh, a theory about um, blood supply has been developed and fissures may in fact be an ischemic ulcer, rather like ischemic ulcers that uh, you can see on legs of vascular patients. But to understand why I'll draw you a diagram. So this is the, the lumen of the anal canal in there and crucially around this goes the internal anal sphincter in a complete muscular ring around the anus. Now the blood supply to the anal canal comes in from the side, branch of the internal pedendal artery and gives off branches to the back and to the front 
on both sides. So there's branches on the outside of the uh, sphincter and then branches and it goes past the sphincter. And you can see that most people have a blood supply that is pretty complete anteriorly, but interestingly we've found from studies that there's a very poor blood supply in the posterior midline of the anal canal. And this is where most fissures occur, certainly 98-99% in men and 90% or so in women. Now, a lot of people have a blood supply like this, but people with fissure also have quite a high tone in their internal anal sphincter. So the theory is that you have a poor anatomical blood supply here. The fissure, the, the internal sphincter contracts and just really makes that pretty ischemic area. So if you do pass a heart stool bolus, you get a little tear here. There's not enough uh, blood supply to heal that tear, so it persists. Or even the blood supply becomes so bad that it just breaks down by itself or there's a minimal trauma. So you don't have actually have to pass a very hard stool bolus to do this, but if you do, it may be difficult for the area to heal up. And so the fissure under blood supply develops here in the posterior midline in most people. So if that's an ischemic ulcer, what we can't do, obviously, is, uh, as you would with an ischemic ulcer in the leg, say, and do a bypass graft to improve the blood supply coming in. Um, but what we can do is decrease the... Uh, tone of the internal anal sphincter. This is what's been happening for two or three hundred years of various operations. The, uh, one of the first things people tried was, uh, and which has been going on until relatively recently and still done from time to time, is uh, a forced anal dilatation or an anal stretch where fingers are put inside the anus and the, uh, the uh, fingers pull apart like this and disrupt, uh, it's probably a tactful way of putting it, the internal anal sphincter. People have stopped doing this so much now as, um, of course, this causes all kinds of damage to the internal and sometimes the external sphincter and it has quite a negative effect on continence. A slightly more subtle approach is to divide part of the internal sphincter, something called, something called an internal anal sphincterotomy. And this is a very good operation for uh, curing fissures. And of course, it doesn't really matter if you have uh, the fissure cured, uh, the, the fissure gone on, or what people want is a relief of pain. It's a very good and effective way of relieving pain. So the sphincter is divided. We know then that the sphincter tone goes down. More blood comes into the area, which we can measure, and the fissures heal. About 95% of fissures will heal with an internal sphincterotomy. The most common reason for the fissure not healing is that during the operation it's been difficult to identify the internal sphincter and a later ultrasound shows that the sphincter hasn't actually been divided. But again, this can cause problems. Obviously, divide part of the sphincter, then uh, you do have an effect on continence. And studies show that maybe up to about 30% of people have some form of impaired continence. So this doesn't mean that they have um, frank fecal incontinence, but that fine-tuning of continence is impaired. And so... Um, they can't hold onto gas quite as well, or they can't hold onto liquid stool quite as well. So sphincterotomy is a very good operation, but can cause um, some impairment of consonance. The next uh, advancing treatment of anal fissure came when greater understanding of the physiology of the internal sphincter uh, was, uh, was reported. And like many um, smooth muscle uh, cells, the major inhibitory neurotransmitter 
um, involved in the internal anti is nitric oxide. So if you give nitric oxide to smooth muscle cells in the lab, they'll rela relax and give you what's known as a chemical sphincterotomy. So what we have to do then is, is to provide some nitric oxide. How can we do that? Well, um, nitrates uh, are very good at doing this. And so the first treatment to well, it was widely used to uh, treat internal sphincter with a non-surgical means was glycerol trinitrate, or GTN. And as the name implies, there are three molecules here where nitric oxide can be released. Uh, you apply GTN, it relaxes the uh, smooth muscle of the internal sphincter, improves blood supply, and heals fissure. Well, he's very good at, he at uh, treating the symptoms of the pain from the fissure decreases relatively quickly, and actually heals the fissure, i.e. the the fissure re-epithelializes in somewhere between half and two-thirds of patients. The downside of GTN is that, like uh, many nitrates, it's absorbed systemically and can give people um, headaches, and so that stops people taking it. So the next thing that people developed was looking at how else we can relax smooth muscle, and another quite commonly uh, used mechanism for relaxing smooth muscle is to block calcium influx, and so we use Calcium, calcium channel blockers, and um, these uh, block the influx of calcium, and so cause the smooth muscle to relax, and again increase the blood supply into the posterior midline of the anal canal, and heal the fissure. Again, somewhere between half and two thirds of patients. These are uh, much better. Uh, tolerated as there are much fewer side effects and certainly don't give you the headache that GTN does. So um, in summary then that's the uh, that's anal fissure. Um, it's uh, not an uncommon uh, thing that affects young to middle-aged adults, causes pain and defecation and uh, some anal canal bleeding. Um, it um, can be treated successfully in operation but you have to be aware of impairment of continence and so most people now are encouraged to increase the fibre in their diet about a soft bulk still without straining so acute fissures will mostly settle down with this. Um, chronic fissures uh, should have uh, topical creams as a first line either topical nitrates or calcium channel blockers and this heals uh, about half to two thirds of patients and those who don't heal should be sent to a colorectal surgeon probably for an internal sphincterotomy. You have to be aware of people that have had previous obstetric trauma and so be careful uh, in women uh, either who often have an occult sphincter injury after uh, delivery of a child or if they're considering childbirth in the future uh, you have to be careful with the integrity of their sphincters. Um, there are various mechanisms for um, treating people with low pressure sphincters. If you're interested in this there's a link to a paper um, if you go to www.learncolorectosurgery.com um, Other treatments that uh, relax the uh, resting tone in the internal sphincter are botulinum toxin and there are other operations such as um, sphincterectomy which are becoming um, more popular at the moment. Uh, advanced for flaps are also occasionally used I think that's, but I think that's a, a bit beyond the scope of this podcast and I say if you need more information than that if you link to the site uh, that I mentioned.